I was thinking about God's Word and especially what we're going to start on Wednesday night. You know, there's only a few times that God actually wrote. One of those times was not a good time. He wrote on the wall. <laughs> so if you see the writing on the wall, you're in trouble. Just going to let you know. <laughs> that was, that was uh, a, a correction. But another time, he actually wrote with his finger the Ten Commandments. And it took us, oh, I mean, you know, because we can blame the Israelites, but it took us just not very long to all of a sudden break that completely, <laughs> destroy that. And then... Moses rewrote it. <clears throat> Here's the point. It's not about what's written on, the, on these pages. It really isn't. It's about what's written on your heart. And that's what God uh, determined from the very beginning. I'm going to have to take this word, this precious word, and put it in their hearts. And that's what Jesus was all about. You do these things, and you do those things, and you act out that thing, and you even say these things out loud, but it's not in your life. It's not in your heart. So this morning, I'm going to uh, begin uh, a new journey. We've been talking in the last several weeks about how do we live worry-free in 2023, and, and, I, and I sort of explained that, and I broke that down, and I encourage you, if you didn't catch all three of those messages, go back. They're on YouTube. You can, you can look at them. But in each one of those, I helped us understand really what that means. And that means that we are trusting God. It's a life of faith. And sort of put it all together last week when I talked about it's a philosophy of Christ. It is Christ's philosophy. It is your philosophy for life. We don't get to have our own. We don't get to, we, we're not afforded the luxury as Christians, as believers, to have our own philosophy of life. That we get to think this way or that way. Instead, we have to follow the philosophy of Christ. And that is a, a philosophy that is based on him, that's founded on him, that trusts him. It is a life of faith. And if we're living a life of faith in 23, we won't be worrying. We won't. <laughs> but there's the rub. How do we actually do that? How do we actually live that life? How do we actually walk that out? You know, I, I, it's been on my heart this whole week of how do we actually walk in that and plan out and see God do that in our lives. Now, I want to begin by helping us understand a real important concept about the foundation. Now, the foundation is Jesus Christ. <laughs> that is the foundation. Everything is Jesus, and that's what the world pushes back on. So if someone is saying a prayer generally in public, and you start with our Heavenly Father, and you say God and things like that, yeah, people, you know, the world doesn't really, you know, care about that so much. But if you start talking about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, <laughs> who saved my soul, who rose and died for me, then now, you know, everything breaks loose, so to speak. It's about Jesus. It's about this foundation. But it's about what we do with the foundation. The foundation is our salvation. It is Jesus Christ. But how do we stand on that foundation? How do we grow? How do we influence and touch the world around us? <laughs> Sometimes we just think, hey, I'm on the foundation. I'm standing on Jesus. <laughs> I am on the rock. And we get our little rocking chair and just have a good time. That is not what standing on the foundation of Jesus Christ is really all about. That is not what our salvation and everything that Jesus is wants us to understand. Psalms 89 Verse 14, it talks about 
in a metaphorical sense, what the foundation really is all about. Now, the foundation was very literal in the Old Testament. It was about the foundation of the temple. <laughs> and Jesus, and even in Scripture, in, in Psalms, used that as a metaphor to help us understand what we're really standing on. What is just life really all about? Psalms 89, 14, it simply says this, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of the throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. In other words, they're connected stones. You see, the, uh, an Old Testament Israelite, or even in first century Israelite, they would understand when, you, when Jesus started talking about the foundation. They, they would understand that. They would envision the foundation of the temple that uh, was built. They, they'd see that. But I don't think they would see it like we do because we, we're not all that familiar with the foundation the way they built it. And in, that, in those days, Solomon said, go out and, and take thousands of people and cut precious stones, precise stones, and they would build the foundation. So the foundation was one, had to be. But it was also made up of many stones. And this is an important understanding for us. Christ is one. We stand only on the foundation of Jesus Christ. He is our salvation. He is everything we stand on. But he is made up of more than just, okay, I get to go to heaven. He's faithfulness. He's love. He's truth. He's righteousness. And sometimes we think, I, I, I just want to stand on this stone. <laughs> Come on. You understand what I'm saying? Ah, this, I like this stone. This is a good stone. God heals. I, God, God the healing. We just... Lisa just talked about that. Okay, I'm going to stand on that stone. But this other stone over here about self-sacrifice, about humility, about giving, ah, those, those aren't so much. So in Solomon's temple, we had he, several stones that were all put together. They were precious stones, stones that helped us understand how all this comes together. And that's the point. I need you to see this picture of everything comes together. But sometimes we, we have such a narrow view of what God is and what God is doing in our life. And even how we stand on the foundation of Jesus Christ. We just think it's just this or it's just that. Instead of understanding the really big picture. A few weeks ago I talked about pigeons. <laughs> and how pigeons, how they find, homing pigeons, how they find their way home. Remember this? How do they find their way home? They listen. They hear sounds that we cannot hear that actually come from the ground. And these grounds, sounds, these infra, whatever sounds, okay, I just went beyond my knowledge, but you understand. <laughs> if it steps out of the word, I'm going, what? <laughs> this is really funny. Is later on, then my sons go, <coughs> dad. <laughs> anyway, but that's not the point. The point is that there is sounds. I looked it up. It said it on Wikipedia, so it's true, right? <laughs> there are sounds that come from the ground, that the homing pigeon hears. I love that picture. I love that. The sound speaks. Do you know what? The foundation speaks. The foundation by which we stand on speaks and says, live this way. Make this choice. Don't live this way. Trust me. Believe in me. Honor me. Trust. Believe in what God can do. See, it's, it's amazing. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse uh, 4 and 5. I just... Condense it a bit so we can understand what it says. It says, my message, literally Paul saying my preaching, the words that I give are not with wise and 
persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that faith may not rest, stand, have a foundation of human wisdom. And that's what we need to understand. Paul is saying his preaching is not with winning words. It never was with winning words. He was a smart man, really smart man. And he considered all of that a pile of dung because it means nothing, because it doesn't, winning words won't change your life. Because if I could be really eloquent, if I could, (laughs) I would, but if I could and just say such powerful words and just blow you away, then you would go out and say, wow, he speaks so well, that's so good. I'm going to do that until someone else has better words. And someone else always has better words. But no one else has more power than what God has for your life. No one else has more power. And that is what he said. I have to, I have to live a life that changes people. It only comes by the Spirit's power. And that's true with us. You're preaching. You say, well, Pastor, I don't preach. Yes, you do. It's called living a Christian life. You get up in the morning and your first sermon is to your spouse. <laughs> Some of you may need to rethink that a little bit. <laughs> you know, come on. Those that are closest, that's who we start to preach to first. Those are who we start to, to give those words to. So what is coming out? What, it, what, it, what is doing that? So your life, the foundation that you're standing on there, that is what you're giving away. And it will only make a difference when we stand in the Spirit's power and what the Holy Spirit can do in our life. It is the demonstration. <laughs> it is what is, it is showing. So what is your life preaching what are you demonstrating? What did you demonstrate last week? And if you're sitting there going, oh, me. <laughs> okay, that's okay. Because that's what we're here to do is to learn how do we stand on this foundation. We stand on, we trust in, in Jesus. I can't save myself. I don't think I would if I could. But Jesus' grace and mercy saved me, delivered me, and has saved and delivered you. And as you stand on this foundation, as you trust who God is, it will touch and move every, everything around us. And you say, well, Greg, how do I do that? How do I live this way? Let me just give you a few thoughts. Here's the first one. Demonstrating power on Christ's foundation is what we want to talk about. The Spirit's power. Demonstrating God's power in your life. And you may not feel like you could do that. <laughs> You know, how do I do that, Greg? How do I, how do I demonstrate God's power in, in, in my life? How do, how do I live that way? Jesus, uh, one of his favorite things that we know in Scripture um, is that he talked in parables and stories. And he often talked about stories of two sons because it was such a great picture of people that would, someone that would do right and someone who would do wrong. In fact, there's two different stories that Jesus told. And I think there was probably many more. They just couldn't write them all down. But in, the, in, in, in these two stories, in one story, it starts out and Jesus says, okay, there was a father and he had two sons. And he goes to one son and says, man, we, are, we have this vineyard. I need you to go out and I need you to work in it because the workers are, are doing it wrong. They're, they're not working hard enough or they're not doing the right fields. Or I need you to go out and do that because this is your inheritance. I need you to go out and work this. And he says, I don't want (laughs) to. I like laying around. (laughs) I like having a good life. (laughs) I'm sorry, did I just sound like some of you? Because I know I I, I heard myself in that. God, I don't want to do that. You know, and so, but as the father says, says, this is, this is, you have to own, this is yours. You have to do that. 
He said no. Father went away, and he started thinking, man, I really should. So he goes out, and he starts working in the field. Well, the father goes to the other son and says, son, I need you to go out, man. We need help. I need you to organize these workers. I need you to go out there. This is your field. This is your inheritance. Will you go out and do it? <laughs> and he says, you bet. You are the father, and I am the son, and I, I will be there. I will do that. Now, it doesn't say uh, that he had any malcontent or any, you know, un, something in his heart that says that he didn't want to, but maybe he just got busy. Maybe the kids were just a little crazy that day. Maybe things were going on, and he just think, I don't have time to do that. For, for whatever reason, he never went out. He never did it. And Jesus says, okay, you tell me, which of these two was the good son? Which of these two was right? And they said, well, the first one. And Jesus said, well, why? Because he did it. <laughs> he did things. He went out. It doesn't matter that, and he says, you know, that's the same. You, you beat me up because I witness to and, and bring in prostitutes or in uh, tax collectors and their lives are changed but they're doing it now and you're not so who's the real son who's the real son and then he tells this other story that sometimes we get lost in the story and don't realize it's really the same thing he's talking about the same thing he said there was a father and he had two sons and the younger son said dad i want all my inheritance and i want it now give it to me because i'm going to go uh, live my life. Now, you have to understand a little bit of history here, and that's that a son, a, young, uh, uh, a younger son, was allowed to ask for his inheritance early while the father still lived. There was a law that let him do that. But this is what the law said. The law says that he could do that if the father was being abusive, if the father wasn't being fair to him, if it wasn't giving him his share, if, if he was wasting and squandering in it. In other words... The accusation that he made against his father there was really shameful. And it would have shamed the father. And everyone knew it. So the father, in his graciousness, said, okay, you can have it. And he left. You know the story. He goes out. He squanders it all. He wastes it all. He had a bunch of friends when he had money. And then when he had no money, he had nothing to give him. He had no friends. And then he comes back, and then the father welcomes him. And that's such a great story. We love that. You know, we see the, the, the son running to the uh, father and the father running to the son. And we sing songs about that. And that's really great. But really, the story is about two sons. Because the other son was out in the field and he was working. It's like, okay, he's doing what's right, right? And then when he hears that the, that the father is throwing a party for the younger son, he gets really upset. And goes to the father and says, I can't believe you're doing this. I've been doing slaving all this time out there. And what did the father say to that older son? He said, this was always yours. This was always your inheritance. And in essence, what he was saying is, but you never owned it. Like the servant working in the field. And now the one that has ran away and come back has become the son. Have you, have you, are you willing to step into that? Are you willing to work it? Are you willing... As my first thought is, if we're going to really demonstrate God's power, God's spirit in our life and change the world around us, we have to own the entire foundation. Not just what's convenient. Not just what we like. <laughs> we, it's the, Jesus is a foundation. <laughs> and what do we do? We play hopscot on, on, on Jesus' foundation. I like this. Don't want that one. I like this one. Don't want that one. I like this one. This is good. I believe this. I don't believe that. 
I think people teach that, but I don't believe that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And we don't own the entire, we're standing around. Have you ever, maybe you have a home that you rent, or maybe you are an owner of a home that you rent out. And it's always amazed me how if we don't own it, we don't really care. And so many stories I've heard of, of, of landlords, and I'm, I mean, there's stories about landlords being mean, okay, but there's also stories of renters that just don't care and trash the place. Why? They don't own it. It's not theirs. And I think sometimes, you understand metaphorically what I'm saying, we tend to trash the very foundation that we stand on. Because we think, I don't want that. I don't own that. I don't care about that. This little spot here about I get to go to heaven, I'm going to stand here. <laughs> I'm just going to do this. And that's a great stone. Man, that is good. And that is the, the, the cornerstone of everything. But it's also live your life for others. It's also be generous. It's also caring for others. It's also the faithfulness of God. It's also applying yourself and being diligent. It's also self-sacrifice. It's all there. Luke 6, 49. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice, doesn't do them, is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. Jesus is saying, if you hear what I'm saying and you don't actually do what I'm asking you to do, it's like you don't even have a foundation. And that verse, more than anyone I'll read you, scares me to death. I don't live in fear. I trust God. I know God has forgiven me. But at the same time, I'm thinking, God, man, sometimes I have selective ears. You know, the pigeon will never get home. Listen to me. We'll never get home by only listening. Every, what if that pigeon is flying around and says, oh, I don't want to listen to that. I'm going to put on some, you know, other kind of music. You start listening to the world music, and he just starts flying all over. Is he ever going to get home? No. How do we get home? By sure that we're listening to the whole thing make sure we understand everything see the foundation are the many acts that we actually practice that we actually trust God for and you're saying oh, Greg what is this all about this is how we live worry free in 23 this is how we live an act of faith this is how we trust God every day because if you're selecting some stones that you like and skipping over some that you don't you're going to be worried that one of these times you're going to step over and you're going to trip mm. Because it's important that we understand everything that God's doing. You see, the son stories and even the other story Jesus tells about the hireling, he says, there is a shepherd, he had some sheep and he hired some people to watch the sheep and they were awesome. They were so good. The sun was shining and the sheep were obeying. Everything is good. But when the, everything is not so good and the sheep are biting and it's really a storm is coming and then a wolf comes, what do they do? They run. Why? Because they're not sons. They're not daughters. They don't own it. This is my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I will live on this foundation. I don't want you to get so lost in the metaphor that you miss the, the, the point of what I think God has put on my heart about how do we live worry-free in 23? How do we do this on, in March and in, in June and, and then in September? And How do we do this when all of a sudden we get the bad news or the tragedy? Or the hurt? How do we, do we just say, wait a minute, I thought God's stones were only good stones and fun stones and party stones. 
And now it's, now it's trusting God and believing God and, and even through in the midst of all of these things. Here's a second thought. We demonstrate the Spirit's power. This is how you'll do it. Not by just owning the entire foundation, but also by constructing with really good material. Mm. I just watched. It was, I, I, I suppose it's good. You know, there was this worm farm. Do you, you, do you know they have worm farms? I didn't know. They have worm farms in Arizona. And uh, what they decided to do is they took all the hay they were using with the worms. <laughs> so it's now worm-infested hay. I don't know. And they compress it, build it, and they build these houses, these incredibly eco-friendly homes that, are, that, are, that, are, that do all the right echo things, right? <laughs> so do this. And, 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 and I, it, it's literally milt, built of hay. And, I, and I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, have you never heard the story of those three pigs? I don't know. Just, just wondering. Just, just, just maybe it's a good thing. You know, I'm, who am me? I'm not, let's be as echo friendly and as good as we can be. And I'm thinking, but when the storm comes on the tornado rolls through and the time is rough, are those walls going to be holding you? Are those things going to be there? What are you building on? Because you see the foundation is there. You don't build the foundation. Not like that. The foundation is Christ. Paul says, I, I, I lay a foundation not that another man laid because he's laying the foundation of, of Christ. He's laying the foundation of Jesus Christ's salvation. Okay? But once we stand on it, then the, the illustration is how are we building on it? How are we, what are we going to do with it? You're saved. Yay, you. Now what are you going to do? Is it just you live your own life, act your own way? Or, or are we saying, God, I need to grow and I need to build in the way you want me to do. 1 Corinthians 3.13 says the fire. Okay, now he's preaching about fire. Good Lord, help us. The fire will test the quality of each person's work. Hmm. The fire, that means in the end, everything we do, God will judge how we build, how we live, what you say, what you're murmuring, murmuring under your breath now about my sermon. That'll all be judged. <laughs> oh, wow, everyone started to smile. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> Seriously, though, how we live, everything. The Bible says there's not an idle word that won't be laid before. I'm just going to repent right now, God. <laughs> I was angry last night. I was angry. I felt abused. I felt hurt. I know the pastor can't feel that way. But I quickly got over it. But what I'm just saying is sometimes you just you think, wow, God, how, how do I live? How do I, how do I stay strong in what God is doing? He goes on to say in verses 14 to 15, now the builder that builds right will receive a reward. And the builder that builds with the wrong things will suffer loss. But not, but yet be saved. Why? Because you're on the foundation. Okay? You're on the foundation. This is a good thing. You're on this foundation. You're on the foundation. But on this foundation, we are commanded to build. What are you building with? Resentment, fear, bitterness, anger? Are you building with love and kindness? forgiveness what are you building with even though they'll be saved for eternity if we if we build on these things i can't even imagine i you know 
I got my degree, I got my doctorate, but I can't even imagine in heaven what that reward will look like. It's hard to even imagine. Or the loss. We're in heaven, and yet there's the loss. It's one part of me that says that's good because it, it'll be gone. <laughs> it'll get burned up. We can trust God for all of that. Are you trying to win with impressive words? Are you trying to win with words that are wise? Good words. Or are you seeing your life change and trust God with words that don't come from man's wisdom? but come from God's heart. Words that will endure. Because here's my last, last thought. See, we demonstrate the Spirit's power by leaving a trail of good works. It always follows. It always follows. It always follows. <laughs> There's a story, one of my favorite stories. I've told it before, but I, a man was brought, summoned before the king because he did something wrong. The man had three friends, one he really, really, really liked, one that was okay, he was a good guy, and one that <clears throat> didn't like it all. So he goes to the one he really, really, really liked and said, hey, go with me to the king and speak for me. And he said, no, not going to do it. Don't, don't, you can't, can't do it. He goes to the second one that he really liked and says, well, I'll go with you to the door of the palace, but I can't go in. And the third one he really didn't like said, he said, will you go? And he said, yeah, I'll go. And went with him all the way before the king and spoke so powerfully and so engaging that the king forgave the man's debt and everything. What does that mean to us? Because you have three friends. You do. The first friend that we really, really, really love <laughs> is all the things that we accumulate, our possessions, our good things, our finances, our money. We like that. Those are good things. We like those. And they will not go to eternity with us. They won't even start. The second group of friends represents your family and your loved ones. And they go to the doorway. And they stand over our grave. And they wish us well and send us off into eternity. But they can't go in. We understand that. But the third friend goes right all the way to us before the very throne of God. And those are all of your works. They will be with you. You think, how is that true? Because, see, we understand, wait a minute. I didn't think we'd take anything with us. Oh, yes, we do. Let me show you. Revelation 14, 13. It says, then I heard a voice from heaven say, write this. Now, John's writing, and most of the things, <laughs> which, which is frustrating to us, he said, don't write that. Don't say anything about that. Don't speak of that. No, John scratches it out. I don't know if he had an eraser or whatever, but, you know, he didn't. But this, he says, you write this down. This is important. I want everyone to know this. I want everyone to hear this. Write this down. Blessed are the dead who in the Lord, uh, or who are dead in the Lord now, from now on. In other words, everyone since Christ. And then the Spirit speaks. I love that. Sometimes we just think of the Spirit, whoo, floating around. Spirit is part of the Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And the Spirit speaks and says, yes, because they will rest from their work. They will rest from their labor for their deeds or their actions will follow them. Your deeds, your actions, what we do, 
You can't take anything with you, we think, but things will follow. <laughs> you are leaving a trail of your good works, of your kindness, of your mercy. And the question is, what kind of trail am I living? What kind of trail is behind me? My own stubbornness, my own will, or God. It doesn't mean we're perfect, but it just means that we're, we're building a trail that lasts, building a trail that can change hearts and turn worlds around. Why? Because it's the demonstration of God's power. What kind of trail are you leaving? What kind of works are you building in your life? What kind of trail is behind you? No one lays on their deathbed and says, oh, if I could just have one more day to go into the office, to just sign one more contract, <laughs> to make one more sale, if I could just do one more. Nobody says that. Nobody. Because that's not what matters. Build what matters. I could just spend one more, if I could just tell my wife, I'm sorry. I could tell my children, love God, turn your heart to God. If I could just do that, those are the things that we build. Those are the things that we live. Are you living a trail of love, forgiveness, kindness, unity, and your family? And I say, why are you talking about family? Because that's where we live. <laughs> Nine out of ten times, that's where we are. Are you living a trail of generosity to build God's kingdom? you building God's, your own world? Hmm. Are you leaving a trail of humility, of self-sacrifice? Say, God, not my will, but yours be done. That's a stone. <laughs> you didn't know that? That's, that's one of those big stones. Jesus built his whole life on it. He died on it, and he wants us to live it in him. Not my life, not my will, not my way, but yours be done. Sometimes I wonder if my, some of my most proudest accomplishments will be nothing but ashes. And what is unheard and what was unseen and certainly unheralded of an act of love, kindness that I did for someone will be the greatest reward. And I, got, I said, God, I, I didn't even think anyone even knew that. It followed. Come on, we can build. And yeah, I, I, I know, I know, I know. Sometimes we think, but I, 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 God, I'm so weak and I stumble all of those things. Remember where you stand. <laughs> it's all there. And it's speaking to you. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to us to say, come on, live this way. Make right decisions. Do this. Trust God. Love other people. Forgive. Give your heart, your mind, your soul, everything. Not with wise, winning words. No, 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 no. How shall we live then? Look what this last verse says. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit, what, what the Spirit is speaking to you. Come on, this is how we can live. This is, this is where it's, oh, this is hope for us. The Spirit right now is speaking to you love. Love. Joy. Come on, don't just walk around, be depressed, be discouraged all the time. That's not a foundation. That's not in there. The, to be living discouraged, that's not there. 
That stone's not there. That's not in the foundation. Now, I tell you what it is in the, in the foundation is joy <laughs> in the morning, joy in God's grace, joy that he forgives us, joy, peace. Make peace. Live at peace at all cost. Be at peace. Long-suffering, be patient. Greg, you don't know how long I've been suffering. I know. Patient. One day, it'll all follow us. Kindness. Man, if we just be kind. I love those kindness bars. Is that caught kind bars? I love, I love those. You can tell it's at the end of the message that I'm hungry. But I'm just thinking, I just want to, because I, I like carrying those around. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me one day and said, yeah, carry kindness around. Just be kind. Wow. Because that's there. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And just so we don't get lost, self-control. God, your will, not mine. That's how we change the world. I promise you, I promise you, as your pastor, I promise you that if you live this, if you act this, come June or July, you'll be thinking, hey, God, I'm going to trust you. <laughs> it's worry-free in 23 because that's the foundation that we stand on. That's God's word that we stand on. And the house that we build may not always be perfect. We could have this hay wall over here. But it'll get burned up and go away. And God will let us build one that's stronger. And you see how we can touch and change the world. Amen? You receive the word. Come on, give God thanks. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your grace just moves in this place through the power of your Holy Spirit. God, I, I know you want to touch hearts. And I know right now you are, in your own gentle way, in your own loving way, through the power of your spirit, convicting, challenging, stirring, encouraging, speaking love to every single person here. And dear Lord, I pray, if there's anybody not standing on the foundation of your salvation, if there's anybody watching online, if there's anybody in this room that have built their own little world, their own little foundation, their own will, their own plans, and they're not on you, God, pray right now, not through great words, but through the convicting power of your Holy Spirit. Touch them. Let them know they will never prosper on their own foundation, but only on yours, only in the salvation of Jesus Christ. So every single person, I, I encourage you, I admonish you with all that is within me. The Spirit is speaking to you. Give your life to Jesus. And you say, Greg, how do I do that? Pray this online, in this room, with me. Say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of all of my sins. I want to stand on your foundation. I want to be forgiven. Thank you for your grace that you have forgiven me of every sin I've ever committed. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Isn't God good?